Welcome to The End Game, a podcast about the positive aspects of aging with grace, with joy, and with purpose. I'm your host, Don Auction. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get on with today's show. Today, I'm pleased to welcome my friend, life coach, Kit Kessingham. Kit's coaching practice focuses on longevity, which, in her view, is a recipe composed of equal amounts of health span, lifespan, and joy. An ardent environmentalist, she lives in western Colorado and has her office inside a yurt. Kit, welcome to the end game. Thanks. It's really good to be here with you. Thanks for inviting me. I, I should say welcome back because longtime listeners may recall that Kit was a member of our Fearsome Foursome, the Council of Elders for many podcasts. Yeah. That was such a great time. It was fun. Uh, today, I'd like to delve more deeply into your coaching philosophy. For starters, could you explain the difference between health span and lifespan? Absolutely. Lifespan is what we think of as life. That is the years we live. And health span is the, the, um, the healthy time we live. And one reason people seem to not like the idea of living a long time is because too many people have a health span shorter than their lifespan. And that's what leaves, leads to the decrepitude that we think of as old age. Old age doesn't have to be that way, Kit says boldly. <laughs> okay. Well, how much of health span is luck? And, and how much is, is winning the genetic lottery? 20% of your health is genetically directed. That means 80% okay. is under your control with your lifestyle. And you can do a lot to override the genetic component. Um, and I'll hear people say, oh, well, every, all the women in my family get fat, so I will too, or I am. That's why I'm fat. Or we all are balding we're all we have kidney issues or heart issues and i believe that when we take care of our health and keep good attitudes and do all the right things forget all the right things lots of the right things that you can improve your situation and i think one of the best right things to do is have the right attitude i can do this i'm gonna win this game. Now, that doesn't mean you have to live forever. Um, I don't know. If, I won't say that can't be done, but it's not happening a lot just yet. Okay. <laughs> um, what is it that brings clients your way? What, what are they looking for, and what are you able to provide them? People coming to me are after a variety of things. They want to learn how to handle the transitions from um, working to not working or between different types of careers, between um, marriage and not marriage by death or divorce, uh, or from single to being in a couple. Uh, so those kinds of transitions. They come to me because they want to start living their life on their terms. You know, Don, it's my theory that 
we we have taken values that we were given from birth first by our, by our parents and then by our teachers our ministers rabbis whoever's is all the pe- and then bosses all the people who have strong influence on us give us values and we subscribe to those without thinking about them too much in most cases some people think about it and reject it or take on more whatever so I strive to get people to erase the board, decide what their present values are. Why do they think what they're thinking and do what they do? And from that platform, that foundation, they can build their the next phase of their life being who they really are. And part of what I do with them is help them discover what their why is, their why OS, their operating system. Why do they do what they do? How do they do it? And what does the world expect from them? Uh, look forward to them. What do they give? What is the, their their personal product? Um, and then we go through a variety of other steps in the coaching. So people come to me sometimes just to find out their YOS. And sometimes they come because they really want to work on a specific situation. Um, it varies. So I do a lot of things, and but they're all tied to living a better life. Well, you've talked about mindset. Uh, to me, it seems like mindset would be a much harder thing to to train than you know to do sit ups or to, to to walk every day. How do you? It is. How do you work on that? One coaching helps because you get that reminder repeated and it takes repetition. Uh, You have to commit to it. There are a lot of tricks of what you can do to help you yourself develop a better mindset. A friend of mine um, got those uh, silicone wristbands or or a rubber band, but every time he had a negative thought, he'd pop pop it on his wrist. Another friend would move the rubber band or the bracelet to the other wrist. And so be, that made them more conscious of what they were wanting to, uh, to change. Being with people who support you in changing your mindset. They may say, do you want to reword that? Put a different twist on it. So, you know, surround yourself with people who want to see you succeed. So there are a lot of ways of doing it. And because we have lived our 20 or 30 or 60 or 90 years with a certain mindset, typically, then it'll take a little time to turn that around. But when you really want to do something, you can do it. Well, I I speak from personal experience here. I I know intellectually that if I want to live a long life, I need to be thinking positively about it. But that doesn't seem to stop me from every now and then saying, oh, the aches, oh, the pains, how long must this go on? Um, It's hard work. Don, I'm going to give you a secret a friend of mine does. Whenever he's hurting or life's ganging up against him, he goes, poor Bill, poor Bill. And then we all laugh and on we go. (laughs) So he he makes fun of himself and that helps. Uh, and yeah, we, we do get aches and pains. And what you do, and I think you do this, is you go walking with a friend 
and say, oh, my aches and pains. And it doesn't. And, and if it's a really good friend, they'll say, well, you know, you could turn that around. It doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> uh, my good friends tend to say, yeah, so what? You're breathing. Love it. They, wa- <laughs> they want up you. They want up you. <laughs> well, and Don, so perhaps changing some lifestyles decisions that bring on the aches and pains would be a good start to give you one less thing to complain about. Do stretches to, for, for your hips to so they're not so tight, or your knees, or your shoulders, or all of it. And, and that seems to be, if I'm understanding correctly, that's kind of the way you, you practice. It's not just the mind, but it's the mind and the body and, and all of that together. Is that a fair assessment? It is very fair assessment. And you need to do it all the time. Now, when we were talking last week, I said something to you that you rejected. And you did it with a smile and a joke. And I've been thinking about it. I said, you need to do the hard things. And you said, I'll reject that every time. In my Energize Me class that I was leading the other night, a friend of mine sat in on it. And, and I asked him what he thought of the class. He goes, you know, that's some really good material. And may I give you a suggestion on how to reframe, do the hard thing? I said, oh, please. He said, you want to get outside your comfort zone a little bit. You, you want to te- push yourself a little bit. I said, oh, push the envelope. He goes, push the envelope, get out of your comfort zone. And you do it a little bit at a time, and then you come back in and you're safe. And then the, the, you keep doing that, and, every, and the, your comfort zone gets bigger your envelope gets bigger. So that's how you ultimately, and doing the hard thing, I guess that's a a Navy SEAL concept. (laughs) I don't expect you to be a Navy SEAL, anybody. Um, But there's an attitude when you can do that, you're more resilient to everything life throws at you. And life throws a lot of stuff at us, Don, you know that. So being resilient is important. And a lot of being resilient is mindset. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, fortunately for me, my mantra is the challenge excites me. So when I reach challenges, I'm going, okay, how am I going to get through this one around it? How am I going to make this mine? It's an interesting test. Well, your own mindset seems pretty upbeat. Is, is that natural for you or is it learned behavior on your part? Um, mostly natural but I I have to work on it I get cranky once in a while I get down on the dumps and then I hear myself say I can never do this you go you what <laughs> turn that around <laughs> so listening to my my devil and my angel argue about these things is rather entertaining for me but I, I give the angel more listening these days so the, the attitude gets turned around a lot more often these days. That's good. The thing that I notice in your manifesto is this formula that uh, health span and lifespan, I might, might not have this completely right, equals joy. Is that, was that it? It's close. Health span okay. plus lifespan plus joy equals longevity. Uh-huh. So you asked what's health span versus lifespan, and I talked about that. But who cares? Who wants to live a long time if they're not having fun at it? 
and along the way. So every day should have joy. And I just came across a new concept. I've always acted as if that we want longevity because we want to live longer. We have lots to give and, and we're having fun. And who, you know, who wants to die while they're having fun? But there's a program, um, an organization that has twisted it just a little bit. And they say that you are the ancestor the, for the future generations. And so what you do today helps and improves future generations. So if you want to ensure your grandchildren, great-grandchildren have wonderful lives, you need to start living a wonderful life or continue living a wonderful life, depending on where you are, so that you role model, you set, you pave the way for them and others. It's a ripple effect. So others will do that as well. So it will get better for everyone. I like that concept. And I think that, I mean, have fun along the way, but but pave the way for others. That's that's really nice. Because we are for, yeah, and for the most part, we are living longer. So let's do it with good health. COVID's kind of changed the numbers lately, mm-hmm. but I, I anticipate that will come back, uh, that we will continue to increase our lifespan, that 77 won't be old. Uh, when I say that, I'm going, whoever thought 77 was old? Now, maybe when you hit 90, you're starting to get old. But I base that on my, watching my parents. They're, they're my role models. So I, I will outlive them. I don't know if I've ever told you this, Don. I'm planning to live to be 150. And I'll be just like this when I forget to wake up someday. That's a worthy goal. I hope it works for you. There's lots to give. <laughs> well, me too. You want to join, hang, hang around. I mean, there's so much to do, so much of the world to see, so many people to help and contribute and tell bad jokes to. And yeah. Who has time to die before 150? I like that. Coming back to joy for a second, is that something that everyone is capable of experiencing, do you think? Or are some people just not programmed to be able to do it? Interesting question. I guess it's a mindset situation, Don, that if you're programmed to not have joy, then I suspect, and you don't want to change, then I suspect you can't have it. Um, I may have a couple of friends like that who expect the worst, and if if the result is better, they're pleased. And that doesn't sound like a joyous way to live in my opinion, but in their defense, they say, we're never disappointed. Like, okay. <laughs> but then I'm never disappointed either because I drop my expectations and make the best of every situation. I try to anyway. And I think there are a lot of people who don't think about having joy. You know, we, it's joy's kind of trained, educated out of us. We, as kids, we're generally very joyful people. And the older we get, the more responsibility and um, things we have to do, the less we focus on the joy. And I think that's a mistake. One, you're not as much fun to be around when you're not having joy. And so your community shifts a little bit. And community is real important in longevity. So I would love to see people bring joy 
through adulthood and, and not just wait till they're seniors, whatever age that is, and say, oh, I can be childlike and start having fun again. Why wait? Keep going. <laughs> That's good. Could you talk a little more about the community aspect, what, what that means? Yeah. In, a, in my broad definition, community is the collection of people around you. It's your family, your friends, um, co-workers if you work in an office. It's your church, synagogue. It's your yoga studio. It's your art studio. Um, it's your hiking group. All the people that you interact with. You know, in some ways, when you go to the grocery store, temporarily, the grocery store is your community. The clerk, the other shoppers, the help desk, all of that becomes your community. And I think it's real important that we have that. You need people you can talk to when you're not feeling so joyful and you're feeling a little achy and painy. Talk to people. And just interacting with them lifts your spirit and mood. Or spood, as I was trying to say. Um, my mother-in-law, very vibrant 96-year-old, and COVID came. And they locked her in her room in an assisted living setup. And she's not vibrant. I mean, she's healthy, but she's got a very short memory span. She's has a hard time putting words together. And I think that's a very unfortunate ramification of COVID and how we responded to it. I believe there are ways we could have stayed safe and healthy without isolating ourselves. Yes, physically distance, just don't socially distance. Put your mask on, get your, do what you need to stay healthy and be together. Just maybe not shoulder to shoulder. Maybe it's extended arm to extended arm. But when I've started volunteering at the art gallery that is a, a branch of our um, animal shelter thrift store, I do it because they can use the help. And I just always feel uplifted, even if I only get three people who walk in, look around literally and walk out again. Somehow that energizes me and makes me feel happy. It's like, oh, I'm doing something fun. So I have a little community for the time I'm there. Yeah, okay. Um, in addition to coaching, you also offer classes, is that right? Or, I mean, how, what, what do you do to spread the word? Uh, well, I be me, and I, I'm on social media, I do things, I, uh, so, so that's spreading the word, and yes, I do have a couple of classes or workshops, one's called Energize Me. Uh, I recognized early on in my coaching career that most of the people I interact with will rate their energy at, on a scale of one to ten at six or lower, and since I'm naturally energetic, I, I had to I was puzzled, so I did figure out, what do I do or what do others do to stay energized? And so I share the seven tips that I use. Um, nothing new, nothing earth-shaking, but it's put together with the idea, if you, if you do these things, you can energize yourself. You can be the power plant that you want to be. Power plants don't just have energy, they generate energy. And you have to take care of a power plant the same way you take care of your body. And you get the same kind of sparky output. 
<laughs> and the other workshop I teach is uh, called Face It to Change It. It came out of a class I developed as COVID started because I realized people were really afraid. And I felt I could use my tool to help them turn that around and, and to think it through and change their mindset about it, change their change the story that they tell. And some people want to hold on to those fears and some people are ready to let go. So those are two workshops I, I teach. Well, how successful do you feel like you were in turning people around uh, on the COVID issues? I'd say 75, 80%. And the, the pr people who couldn't be turned around then, we, we've formed a little mastermind where we keep meeting once a month. And there are a couple of people who still like to grab onto those pain points and hold them dear. Did you know, Don, that an emotion at most will last 90 seconds? And if it's lasting longer, it's because you have grabbed it and you're holding on to it. It's yours. And I like to say, well, if you argue for your limitations, you can keep them. So, so argue for the opposite and let your life turn around. Listeners will now appreciate why I often call Kit Our Lady of Perpetual Energy. Uh, <laughs> and Kit, you continue to inspire me by your example of vibrant living. And I want to thank you for taking time to share your thoughts today with our group. Thank you. And if you would like to learn more about Kit Cassingham's coaching and education offerings, you can check out her webpage, lifeinfocusedenergy.com. And I need, to I need to correct you. It's liveinfocusedenergy.com. Oh, well, we would be sending people to the wrong place. Liveinfocusedenergy.com. The, acro the acronym is LIFE. But it is live in focused energy. Okay. I will, I will. So noted. Kit, thanks very much. All right. Thank you, Don. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our free weekly newsletter, The Endgame, at theendgame.substack.com. I'm Don Auction, wishing you all the best in aging with grace, with joy, and with purpose. I hope you'll join us for future programs here at The Endgame.